Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A real-time portrait of 2020 unfolds as an Asian-American family in Trump's rural America fights to keep their restaurant open and the American dream alive in the face of a pandemic, neo-Nazis, and generational scars from the Cambodian killing fields. It is about the Civ family and about so much more. It is a remarkably layered documentary film about a family, about their struggles, about their triumphs, about their joys. And we're joined today by the director of Bad Axe, and that would be director David Siv. David, welcome to Film School Radio. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about you are a member of the FAMP-CIV family, and I'm very curious why you started filming in the first place, because I doubt you knew what was coming. I don't think anybody really knew what was coming, you know, at the onset of the pandemic. I think many of us thought this was going to just last a few weeks. And here we are, you know, over two years later, still still in it. But no, the, the reason why I started filming was I left New York, you know, really on the eve of the pandemic, me and my girlfriend, we, we went, we decided to uh, go back home to Michigan. I, I came from a small town called Bad Axe, Michigan. It's a very small rural community. So we decided to, to leave New York uh, just to be with family. You know, I, I had lost my job just like so many other people working in the film industry. So I had all this free time in the world. And I knew I always wanted to share my family's story. And, and, you know, specifically that of my parents. I mean, you know, my dad, he's a Cambodian refugee, survived the killing fields, came here, you know, in 1979. And, and my mom, she's a Mexican-American woman. Um, these were two individuals who just have so much passion and, and, and really laid this foundation for the American dream that we all built together as a family. And, and, and that American dream really being our family restaurant. So I, I knew that was a story I always wanted to share. And with all this free time I had during the pandemic, I just began sitting down with my parents and just really getting the oral history of how uh, the restaurant became what it is today. So, you know, every day I would just sit down with them, we'd go through pictures and just hearing how they met, hearing how, you know, they really evolved this small donut shop into the restaurant it is today. And on the flip side, you know, I, I was also filming every day of just life as it was during the pandemic uh, for my family. I mean, and, and the reason being for that was it wasn't really because I thought like, oh, I'm going to make a documentary out of all this footage. It was really because this was the first time my siblings and I were living under one roof again, uh, you know, since we were like, you know, all in high school. But but now here we are as young adults coming home to nest in our parents' house. And, and so, you know, I thought it was a really interesting time. And I, I wanted to just capture all these memories of of all of us here under one roof during this very uncertain time. And I think when I began to see, you know, like, yeah, I, I was capturing all this footage of my parents every day, just telling me about how they got the restaurant to where it was. And then I was also just capturing this life as it was every day during the pandemic. I began to see these parallels beginning to form of like, you know, sort of this like retelling of how we built the American dream. And also like us trying to keep that very same dream alive during a very uncertain time, that being 2020 and the pandemic. That's when, you know, when I began to see those parallels form between these stories of the past and what we were living in the present, when the story of Bad X has really began to, to 
you know, really began to take its shape, you know, into the film it is now. It, it was a process, you know, because it, 2020 was so unpredictable, you know, like, like I mentioned, like we, we didn't know how long we were going to be in this pandemic. And I just, I was just filming every single day. And then once this light bulb went off, I was telling my family's story just during a very interesting time, you know, during an interesting backdrop, you know, that's, that's when Bad X began to, you know, the film began to take the shape that it is now. So you mentioned the the restaurant Rachel's is in the town of Bad Axe, Michigan. You've probably been back there more than a couple of times, right? Did you did you have a sense of or had you been back there much? Yeah, yeah, actually, you know, I you know, I so a- after I graduated from film school, I, w- I went to the University of Michigan. I, I moved out to LA, lived there for five years, and then moved out to New York, lived there for another year and a half, and then you know the pandemic happened, and then that's when I moved back to Bad Axe, but during my time of living in LA, New York, I, I was still going home once a month, okay. uh, every single month for those five years, which, you know, was, was pretty tough. Uh, especially when I first moved to LA, I was an assistant making I think like $10 an hour, uh, but I would eat ramen noodles and eat ham and cheese sandwiches for lunch every day, just so I could have all the money saved up every month. So I could go back home. Cause that's how close we were as a family. It, it's so hard for me to be away from, from home for more than a month. So yeah, I, I always, you know, went back to Bad X, but it's very different visiting once a month for two days out of the month versus actually living there, you know, like, like I did during the pandemic, like pretty much full time. That was quite an adjustment. The reason I'm asking is you were in some manner of speaking aware of the political, cultural, social landscape of Bad yeah. X, right? That wasn't a complete surprise to you. Oh, no. The, no, the politics as we see it sort of unfold in the film. That's yeah. something you, I'm sure, were aware of. But let me ask, in the sense that, did you ever envision those that sort of dynamic playing out the way it did in your life, in in your family's life? I, I've always been aware of the political dynamics and, and bad acts, and you know, I remember I remember 2016 being a really rough time for me and my siblings and, and my family. You know, just here we are. You know, the the political landscape was shaping so much during that year. And and it was really tough. So I was, I was always aware of that, you know, especially coming back home again in 2020. The thing about Bad Axe, you know, the, the story of Bad Axe in the film is I never wanted it to be like this political piece at all, because it, it really isn't. It's really a story of family. Right. That's that's what the, the yeah. core of it is. Right. But like, but because it's a, a story about family and the American dream in 2020, it's impossible not to include politics and the election, the racial reckoning, you know, our country went through. So was I expecting the story to really take that turn? Not really, because that's just kind of what happened. You know, as I don't think any American, you know, really expected the, the pandemic to, to be as political as it turned out to be in 2020. And, and so, you know, when that did happen, you know, when that was very much the case, and you are telling a story about a family and their American dream in 2020, and especially with the pandemic as a backdrop, like, yeah, it's, it's sort of impossible to ignore that was was it expected i mean not really but that's just sort of you know the the backdrop of of it all you know yeah. being in 2020 so would it, would it be fair to say that the expectation of what happened writ large outside of your family you probably could have anticipated that would have been the reaction you've been around that town long enough how many how many years has your family lived in in bad Axe? 
we lived in Baddock since 98. So that means it's so been over 20, 20 years, 20, yeah, 20, close to 24 20, years now. Year, yeah. 24 years. So that wouldn't have normally and under normal circumstances, normal elections, you would have some sense that this, the political environment in that area would have been Trump country. Maybe, maybe not, but, but I, I think what makes the film so dynamic and interesting Mm-hmm. is the reaction to your family situation in relation to all of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's what really puts this story in a whole nother realm sure. beyond the family. And I and I do want to underscore, it is about family. The whole film mm-hmm. is about family, but it's reaction to the outside forces, internal yeah. dynamics, et cetera, et cetera. There are a lot of things going on here. Is that a fair way to, to, to put it? You know, I, I think so because our restaurant is just a, it's a staple of the community, yeah. you know, and it really is in, in a lot of ways, a centerpiece of the town. And especially, you know, when it's a, a community that is, you know, more conservative and may have different political ideologies than my family. And then you see our family speak out. You are seeing that reaction to this Asian American family who is deciding to use their voice. The unfortunate part of it is that even when we put this trailer out there, there, there was there were so many people that rallied behind the film. And um, it, it really was incredible. It, it was amazing um, how many people wanted to support the film, wanted to support our family telling our story. But but the unfortunate thing was the the negative uh, reaction, the negative voices. And to be honest, there was there was far more positive reaction, at, at least, you know, like on social media and everything. But the negative reactions, the unfortunate part about that is that it, it speaks such loud volumes, you know? Yes, it's louder. Um, it's, it's louder and it, it shouldn't be, but it is, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, like when we receive a negative review on like Google or Yelp, like we, I think we have like four and a half or five stars or whatever it is. And Jacqueline, you know, she'll get so hung up on the one negative review when it's like, but you have like a thousand like positive reviews, you know? And, and that was like kind of the case, like with the trailer, right. It was, you, you had people who said like, you know, I'm never going to support this restaurant again, or this this family they're they're making up all of these you know stories and that you know it's this is a smear piece on bad acts without having even seen the film at all it's right, you know because right. it is far from a smear piece on bad acts it's it, i i think there is some truth to you know there is truth to when i say that um yeah this this film is a is a love letter to bad acts because in a lot of ways you know it it is a love letter to bad acts more so a love letter to my family but a love letter to bad acts because bad acts is who what made our family uh, who we are today. It's, it's an unconditional love. So, And th- and that's the way I see it. I, I mean, again, I, I wanted to bring out these elements, and I, but I do want to get back to the story, which is about your family, yeah. which is about the, the running the restaurant, all of the different sacrifices and, and yeah. adjustments that were being made during the pandemic. But I also want to let our listeners know that we're speaking with David Siv, and he is the director, producer, cinematographer, and son of in uh, in bad acts and you do a great job in all of your roles and it's interesting to watch the internal dynamics of your family you in the mix and how they're kind of accepting in some ways at times grudgingly accepting the fact that you're filming everything that they're going through and all but at the end of the day your father i think we really have to talk about him and he says that at the beginning of the film that the the the, uh, the doctor told him he was a type A personality. We we get more into what that actually means. And what I saw in the film was I don't know if transformation is too strong a word, but an arc to his story and the way the way that he deals with the outside forces that are in play, 
as well as inside the family. It's a really moving portrayal of your father, your whole family, but your father in particular feels like such a strong catalyst for so much of the film and so much of your family. Am I being fair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a big part of, of the film is, you know, really diving into who he is as a person because, and, and how that's affected how the entire dynamics of the entire family, right? You know, my dad, he's, he's a, he's a very complex and, and complicated person. And, and in this film, a very complex and complicated character. I mean, I, I think what makes it interesting is with his background as, as being somebody who survived genocide and, and survived one of the cruelest times in, in the history of our world, how that has very much shaped his perspective of living through 2020. Right. And, and then on the flip side, you see, uh, a different reaction of the following generation, that being my sister. And you're seeing these two generational differences come to a head. And with my dad, you know, with Cambodia just shaping so much of who he is as a person. I mean, you know, it, it really, when he looks at the pandemic and when he says like, you know, I'm as scared, you know, during the pandemic as, as I've ever been, you know, during all my years in the killing fields, it might sound exaggerated in hindsight, but during that time, it was really scary for him because during the killing fields, he often talks about how he just didn't have time to show emotions. You know, it was all about survival. It was it was always about what am I going to do to get from one day to the next? Really just, you know, like lo looking after himself. And, and then I think, you know, when the pandemic happens, it was almost like all this trauma like unearthed in him in, in a different light where he was so afraid of the pandemic because he, he was so afraid about losing any of his kids or his siblings. Or and one thing he mentions is dying without dignity. Like so many people did during the pandemic, you know, alone and have people having to say goodbye to their loved ones over FaceTime or over the phone. It's a, like a very different kind of fear for him that I think that the pandemic brought up. And I think that fears were very real because of what he went through as, as a Cambodian refugee. You also see the way he just reacts to everything that 2020 brought our way, you know, like with the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, he's the one who is very reserved in having the family speak up, you know, in support of the movement. And that's because where he came from, you couldn't ever speak up. Speaking up was something that it could have gotten you killed back during the, the Cambodian genocide. And, and that's why he feels, you know, when his kids decide to speak up, you know, like myself and my sisters, that scares him because he's not used to that, you know, at all. It's just very interesting, you know, how his entire background has very much shaped a completely different perspective of this crazy year we all went through. And I think that was really important for me to capture. Yeah. And you did. And you did. And and he's fierce and determined and he's not going to let anything happen. And we see that play out in the film, how your sister's the attorney. Right? My youngest sister, Raquel, she's the one who was graduating from uh, school at the time. Well, that interaction that she has with your father, there's this sort of fierceness to the way that she interacts with, with, with a lot of people in the film. Sure. She is a very, again, sort of takes, I think, after your father in the sense that she's mm -hmm. not going to suffer fools gracefully she's going yeah. to she's going to tell you what she thinks and it really creates a wonderful dynamic in the film again i said this word dynamic comes up because the film is all about relationships it's all about your interaction with your family but it's also the re relationship to the community sure. and it mirrors this immigrant experiences which is from being from going to 
strangers in a strange land, achieving some level of acceptance, achieving some level of success, and then mm-hmm. feeling like they're a part of the community, and then to have to confront this sort of latent racism and stereotyping. It, it had to put everybody back on their heels. It had to feel like, in some manner of speaking, you kind of know it's out there, but you kind of don't think it's ever going to happen, right? I mean, it's. Right, right. I would assume, I, I'm, I'm making some assumptions here, but it must have been devastating on a sort of on a personal level for people to walk into that restaurant and do and say the things that they were doing. It had to really feel, it really had to feel hurtful, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, when When you think you're part of a community and that you've been accepted and you've been here for decades and then then all of a sudden you decide to raise your voice a little more than people are used to right you 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 step out of these boundaries that you didn't know that you have to be reminded that still exists and that's hurtful to know that those boundaries still do exist and i think that was like that was a a wake-up call in some sense. I, I don't want to be naive and say that when we put the trailer out, you know, and started the crowdfunding campaign, that we didn't think we would get, you know, some backlash. But I don't think we were expecting the type of backlash that we got. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that was the hurtful aspect of it. I think we expected some people to be like, okay, like not the film for me, not going to watch it. But then when people start attacking you, your family, that's something that I, I don't think we really expected on that level. You know, we got we got death threats. We got angry, you know, hate mail. We got all these comments saying that we are never going to support your business again. I think some of those reactions were a surprise to us. And, and those were the hurtful ones uh, because, you know, that's because when you're part of a community for so long and, and you think you've been accepted, it's, it's unfortunate that you do have to be reminded that yeah. there are boundaries of being a BIPOC family, a person of color family in, in a rural community. And that's a hurtful reminder, you know, but it, it very much exists. And I think that's why this film is important to show that perspective of that. Yeah, these these are real and they do exist. And and a family that's as American as our family, if, if you know what I mean, like um, th- this is America for us. And and while there are these frustrations and and challenges like it, it very much like we very much still love it you know that being bad x so you know it, it is it is interesting that you say like so much of the film is it, it, the word dynamic being used because it's just so much about the relationships with between our family and within the community and yeah <laughs> yeah it's beautifully done the layers to the to what we're describing the, the intimacy with which we are witness of your family and the, the joy. There's a right, lot of joy. Right. There's a lot, a lot of humor. Of a lot of a lot of people getting on one another in in ways that are ultimately loving and caring. And yeah. it really makes the film a terrific viewing experience, but also an emotional experience as well. Sure. And and a congratulations to you on winning special jury recognition at the this at the south by southwest film festival won a thank number you. of awards audience award as well at yep. south by southwest so that was this year's congratulations on thank on, you you're the the honor also as we were describing earlier it, it played at the los angeles asian pacific film festival there's a lot of exciting festivals coming up all leading up into the release of the film the ifc um which uh, we don't have an exact date yet, but it will be before the end of the year. So we'll, you know, we'll come out in theaters and a streaming platform 
which is, you know, very, very exciting. And, you know, and, and that's when, you know, hopefully the film will be out there in the world. It'll have done its festival run and it, it's, it's exciting just to put it out there for everyone to see. So I'm sure that, well, let me ask the family's reaction to the film. Well, that's, that's a general question. What was your dad's reaction to the film? Like making this film was such a family effort because I, I really did listen to the feedback of every single person. And that's important to do as a filmmaker to a degree. For me, it was important because it was my family and I, I have to be respectful to, you know, towards them and, um, and being respectful toward the subjects. But at the same time, there's that responsibility of, of being a filmmaker and being a director and, and telling the truth of everything. They've seen every single cut from the rough cut to the final cut, what it is now. So I think by the time everybody saw the final cut of the film, those moments where they questioned of why are you including this, it became very clear by the time we, we, we saw the final cut all together. And everybody is very much happy and supportive and, and very proud, which, you know, for me, that makes me very happy to have my sister tell me she's very proud of me, tell my parents, to have your family tell you, like, I'm very proud of you and, and what you've done. That means like so much to me. And, you know, with my dad, I, I think part of what he, he learned along this process specifically, you see how reluctantly is he is to have us uh, go to the Black Lives Matter movement and, and speak up because he's just so afraid of, of losing everything that our families yeah. work for, you know, by, by being vocal about this very important subject matter that was going on in our country. Now that he's seen the film and he's seen the impact it has on people, he will say, I'm so proud of my kids and, 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 you know, and David for sharing this story and for having the voice to speak up. That's great to hear. Well, congratulations, David Siv, for your work. And thank, thank you. you so much for Bad Axe and all the best moving forward with it, as well as your continuing success. I hope you'll come back and join us again someday. I would love to. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.